college basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to discuss some college basketball. And I'll tell you what, tomorrow is March 1st, but Saturday said, hold on, it doesn't matter if it's February still. We're going March madness on it. When you see how many different top 10, top 9 teams in the country went down, it's historical. I mean, you just don't see this stuff. Arizona losing at Colorado stands way out. And technically, even though St. Mary's is a good club and and, and whatnot, you know, Luton, Gonzaga losing, they haven't lost in conference. So that that's a big thing, too. But, man, oh, mighty. Did we see a freaking Saturday, man? That was freaking great. So we definitely will start like we normally do, um, you know, recapping from last week and a little bit from last week as well since the last time we did our show. And then, of course, we'll definitely preview some of the week coming up. This is the last week of the regular season. And it's funny, we've been talking about this Tuesday um, these Tuesdays have been paying off. Providence, Nova, sure, it, it doesn't mean as much as it did, uh, but still, still a great game. Purdue, Wisconsin, that means a whole lot. Arizona, USC, I mean, this is uh, that Tuesday, man. It's it just giving us a whole lot to talk about. And then Saturday and Sunday, we got some great games as well. Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas, Kansas, USC, UCLA. Um, I think Iowa, Illinois. So we got a whole lot to talk about when it comes to this year college basketball. And like you said, just I don't know, man. It, it's 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 really starting to hit now that tomorrow's March. And well, we'll get to it in just a second. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropeadope and, and download the show there. If you don't want to, you can find this College Ball Show under the Ropeadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music, also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network. And um, one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or, or you haven't, and you have, and you're not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you can enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. If you go all the way to the Premier package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. How goes it, Marshall? You know what? I got to say this, okay? This season, now that we're in the last week of the regular season, is giving me 2020 vibes of who's who has a legitimate chance to win the national championship. I've been holding off by saying that for a while. But here we are in the last week of the season, and when I look at the top 10 and top 12 or whatever you want to say, it's given me – now, we don't know what 2020 was ultimately, right? Because, you know, we got it taken away from us. But going into that, you can make a case for more than two or three teams tops, you know what I mean? And it's starting to give me those vibes, 
And that's why I'm saying it because of what happened in the top nine this Saturday. And I think that's uh, one thing to love about this year is if you were, you know, like my buddy, um, every year at his uh, work firm, um, he gets to draw four names out of a hat. They throw all 64 teams in, and every person in his workplace gets to pick four. Um, There are normally, Chris, a couple of times where you maybe get, like, I would say three teams of the 64 that have a legit chance. I think every year my buddy gets effed and gets, like, a a 16 seed. (laughs) But, um, but, you know, the fact that this year, I know, I always always feel bad. He's always like, dude, of my four seeds, I always get a fucking 16 seed. Well, you know, that piece of paper, you might as well throw it away. Uh, We've seen one win, but I don't think a team's ever going to cut down the nets being the 16 seed. Um. But, yeah, I would say this year, as of right now, I think you could make a legit argument for, like, 10 to 11 teams that could, like, have a great chance of making it to the national title game. Um, there have been some years where there have been, you know, like, Carolina in 09, like, that team was, like, locked and loaded. like, And there's been team. I mean, I know that because that's my squad. But there's been other years where it's like, oh, this is Duke's year, this is Kentucky's year. You know, and there's only three teams. Now, this like year. last year, right? Um, Baylor and uh, Gonzaga. That's who we saw yeah, going that, in. Yeah, that was that pretty much for the whole year. I mean, UCLA almost, almost ruined that party. But even so, that was kind but of all like. all year, a, they weren't being talked about, right? No, no, not at all. Um, and this year, you could say that with, a, I think, with not much argument back, you could say Kentucky is the most skilled team in the country. And that Gonzaga might be the most experienced, but I don't think that. And actually, another a radio show I I was listening to actually in Minneapolis, where uh, we're from, one of the one of the sport talk station shows. They and this will kind of wrap up this point up. They always do a thing where a guy in the show will say, "Hey, I'll let you pick three teams, and you give me the field. And if your three teams win out of your three, then you win the bet. If it's the field, then you win." And honestly, most of the time when you do the give me three teams, give me the field, I, I would say, Chris, if you and I were to like take that seriously, like bet a hundred bucks to win it, I would bet you we would probably have over probably a sixty percent, I would say, winning clip in the years we've done this. Once you say if you like give me three teams, give me the field, I bet a, a, a sports field, three teams. I, I I think I think on a given year we could probably I'm not saying it'd be a guaranteed pick, but I bet you can make a pretty comfortable choice of having who would win. Like obviously last year yeah. that would have been a, a great bet. But yeah, now this year, give me three teams or give me the field, especially after this past weekend. I'm not saying you couldn't make like okay, I'll take uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and uh, Arkansas. You know. Is that is a lock in? Is it certainly even probably not? So I think that's maybe a good way to look at it down the road going forward. Of would you take three teams for the field? And if you're taking the field, that means we're looking at having a really fun, exciting March Madness on top of what's normally always a really fun, exciting March Madness. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely not necessarily the top three right now, right? You know what I mean? Like if you oh, just went yes. out of the rankings yeah, yeah. right now, you'd be like, well, um. No, I don't, I don't. I definitely wouldn't do it in this shit. You know what I mean? Not that I think that anybody in the top three can't do it or anything like that. But uh, it's not like you got Gonzaga, Arizona, and Baylor right now. Um, Gonzaga and Arizona held their spot because 
I feel I, I think they just thought they were ahead of people, you know. Baylor jumped up seven spots in the AP. They obviously beat Kansas. Duke has just been kind of marinating right there. That's why they held their spot. Auburn's lost, I think, three games in the last maybe seven or eight. Their half court is really, really not looking good at this moment. Um, Kansas just barely, you know, just lost, or not just barely lost, but they just lost, but they've been on a nice run. We've, we've documented, uh, you know, Kentucky and what we feel about them. But you have Providence there too. Purdue is a really tough matchup. Wisconsin's always there. You're really going to count out Nova and, and, and Texas Tech? Um, and that's, that's, we're in the top 12 right there. I mean, that's the top 12 right in that, right in that, uh, right that bunch up. I mean, that's, I don't know. <laughs> it, do you think Gonzaga losing helps them in the long run? Like, hey, we needed a good smack around. Um, it maybe, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Do you think that helps them? Or is it, is it showing, hey, this team's actually not as good as we even think it is? Um, the one takeaway I heard was that they just got out, they got out toughed. And, you know, if you remember last year, like, um, out tough or out athletic. And Baylor was a clearly more athletic team in that national title game. And I heard St. Mary's literally, their big said, we're not going to get pushed around by like, uh, Timmy and Chet. And they just like out physical them. I mean, you know, not that St. Mary's is a, um, a joke of a team, like they're respectable. I mean, but obviously Gonzaga was expected to win that game. But I think that that game was maybe um, Gonzaga was doing a little bit of sleepwalking. Like, okay, they know they're a top five team. Like, okay, we're going to go through the regular season again. Like, they got their one seed locked up. Like, you could maybe argue the emphasis of winning the game for St. Mary's, who's, I guess, was a pretty deep senior team. Okay, this Gonzaga team has whooped your ass for four years in a row. It's senior night. You're at home. Like, okay, the morale is probably a lot higher. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that all kind of makes sense why as they were to win. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a huge concerning loss for Gonzaga just because you're still a legit con- competitive squad, and you did get out work for that game. But I would uh, venture to assume if they were to meet again in the um, uh, conference tournament title game, I would bet on Gonzaga. I think that'd be oh oh yeah. Remember you you did you guys did punk us on national TV. Well, we're gonna get you back this time. So um, it, it's one loss. It doesn't affect much in the future. But I guess your one concern would be if you do have the base for Gonzaga, try to be more physical. Like it may be because yeah. clearly Chris, when they run with better the, teams than St. Mary's too. You know what I mean? Bigger, better teams too. Yeah. But, I mean, when when that team does run the court, I mean, even – I remember a couple of games at the start of this year, they, they scored almost like 50 points in the first half against UCLA, and they were making the offense look like they were just, like, having fun, like they're almost playing pickleball at the gym, you know. So that offense still on a given night can easily score 80 or 90 in a game. Uh, but slowing it down, which St. Mary's does, and being tough and physical, which St. Mary's like to do, um, they worked from that night. Yeah, if I'm Gonzaga, I'm not worried too much. Okay, you got your hiccup, and now you're going to refocus. Your conference tournament's coming up, and let's go and win another one and then refocus for the tournament. I would say if they maybe lost in their conference tournament, that a one seat could possibly disappear. 
um, depending on what other teams do, just because they don't have a whole lot of big wins due to the conference they're in. Um, so maybe if if they're, you know, obviously I'm sure they want to be a one. A one seed really does do a lot for you. That's so what maybe, I was going to say. Maybe that loss hurt that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think maybe another loss in the conference tournament could then affect their one seed. And obviously being a two is just statistically, that is, that is a tougher route to take and one I doubt Gonzaga does want to do. They beat Texas. They beat Ukula. Like you said, they lost a close game at Duke. They lost to Alabama. Um, they beat Texas Tech. That was their non-conference. They always do a good job normally of their non-conference. They're two bigs besides uh, Chet's blocks. Uh, he got foul problems too. Um, their two bigs did underwhelm though. I mean that that's for sure. Um, yeah. So that and, and if you can even get them mediocre, well then you're in pretty damn good shape. Arizona just you know. They shot, like, really bad, uh, under 40% from the, the field. Uh, you know, the threes, 5 of 18, it's not like Colorado, you know, did that well either. But they only had two double-digit scores. They did get some help off the bench, but that one, 79-63 especially. I mean, they were up 37-22 to, to at at half, and they get beat 47 to 26 in the second half. And I'll fully admit, I didn't watch this game. Um, but like, did someone go down in the second half? We don't know about because that um, that's an ass whooping. So that's a huge surprise. I don't know. You know, I don't think it'll have any bearing as far as them losing the Pac-12. But those are the type of things that those are bad losses, and we know bad losses especially by that amount, can add up, uh, no doubt about it. Losing at Tennessee for Auburn beyond, like I said, some of their half-court stuff and also them losing three times in like eight games, I guess you could, you know, you could say something about that. Baylor needed that big win. They earned that game. That was big. Same with Arkansas. That was a big, big win. Um, Kentucky played pretty well, too. At the, at, they came uh, – they got like a point up, and I thought, okay – it kind of felt like Kentucky was going to do this. But Arkansas, who's been playing good, TCU beat Texas Tech, who's been playing really good. Another pretty big upset, not like in the world of college basketball in the last, you know, 20, 30 years, I guess. But Michigan State really needed a big win, and they got, excuse me, they got one over Purdue. Now Purdue has lost twice in a recent amount of time. All right, I'm going to try to <laughs> wrap up those five great games you just mentioned. I was just kind of going through them. You don't have yeah, to yeah, yeah. cover every you. one of them, but I was just kind of <laughs> getting a little take notes, a minute. you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think the biggest surprising one is the Colorado one. Um, I still can't get that Colorado loss out of my head to Washington State, where they legit looked like one of the worst teams I've seen all year in the whole country. I know it's only one game, and clearly – that Washington State game was a different team than what whooped up on Arizona in the second half. But, yes, that that's a shitty loss. Gonzaga losing at St. Mary's isn't shitty. Auburn going to Tennessee, that's not a bad loss at all. I mean, I know that it's uh, it's um, a, a loss by seeding, but um, I'm pretty sure Tennessee was favored by two and a half points. And Tennessee has been, I believe, undefeated at home or lost once all year. So that's like, you know, that, okay, they lost, but that ain't bad. Um, 
Same thing with Kentucky. Kentucky just gets Ty Ty back, and like he, he he's been out for a week and a half with his other stud teammate, and they lose by two points against maybe the hottest team in the country. Okay, yes, Kentucky did lose, and they were also a top six team, but you lose to Arkansas by two points on the road. Like again, I unless there's some resume out there that differently, I think Kentucky has the best wins on the road this year as a team, and probably the best like fighting like resume. Like Kentucky on the road this year has just been great. Now they did lose a game, but you know, again, big picture, I wouldn't say it's a big deal. And I think Baylor, Chris, is kind of just catching their rhythm again. They did have a little bit of a rough stretch where it wasn't even so much losses, but you had a combination of losses and then some wins where you were having star players not play or who got injured or who who are like lost for the season. So they had a little bit of a, a month stretch there where they either lost the game or had a key player get injured or had a, or lost that center for the season. So I think now they realize, hey, Mike, our guys are back healthy. Here's who we have, and how are we going to finish the year off now? Um, but yeah, and for Auburn, I think you nailed it perfectly because I listened to a, another podcast that said Auburn's got two guards that love to shoot the ball religiously, but in game time situations, Jabari Smith is going to be a top three NBA pick in the draft next year. So right. why are I believe it's, it's uh, Jas- Jasper and Johnson? Right? You might yeah. as well use a big in the half court. So they're, they're guards, I believe it's uh, Jasper and Johnson or uh, Flanagan. But anyways, their guards are like gung-ho to shoot the ball. <coughs> but you have a player who's going to be a top three lottery pick, so why would you not let your future – and I'm not saying you get, like the guy's LeBron, you got to give him the ball the whole time. But that was one of the issues I've heard talked about from multiple actual people in sports and ESPN and whatever, is that they don't they don't know how to share the ball that well. And if you're a point guard who has the ball in your hands all the time, you are probably going to take some shots. But, hey, Jabari Smith, is your he's your he's like the bell cow. He's your horse. So when it does come down to clutch situations, as you, spend, as you mentioned, especially on the road, like, hey, give the rock to your best guy. Let him do his thing. Ah, no, we're good. We're going to go jack something up. Well, that that's not the best decision. So – how will they handle that down the road? Now, you could say, Chris, hey, it's a good problem to have. We have two guards that are confident off the dribble and one guy that can just get to the rack whenever he wants to. Well, that is a good thing. But if you have three people who love taking a last shot at times, that can get tricky because when it comes down to that last big player you're going to need in March, who is taking it? And we've seen in college, well, hell, we've seen the NBA Sometimes that can lead to, you know, uh, just it, it puts the coaches and players in a weird spot. So um, I guess you can have abundances of riches, but if your half-court offense isn't fluid amongst the people you have, that can kind of turn against you in close games, Chris. Yeah, it's true. It's a, that's a really good point. And sometimes, I don't know. It, I mean, that, that stuff definitely shows up in the tournament, as we know, uh, when it is – you know, of course, you have teams that run and everything, but the the further you go on, more than likely, it's it's going to slow down, right? Just like the NBA players sure. understand. And, um, yeah, it can get funky. It's not even, oh, some kind of internal major uh, fights or whatever necessarily. No. You know, it, it could be like, 
you know, just people like, okay, so now these guards may come out and not be themselves at all. And all of a sudden they're trying too hard to, to spread the ball. And then they're not being themselves, trying to overcompensate the other way. So some of this, some of this is, you know, after Auburn beat Kentucky, obviously, you know, for good reason. Uh, they And they had been on that winning streak that they were – maybe we projected them a little too high, not to say they were overranked or anything like that because you, you're ranked basically, you know, if you don't lose, you're going to keep going up, you know. So maybe maybe we kind of overvalued them a little bit because, you know, as we know, Ty Ty didn't really play that much in that game. And by the way, they keep trying to bring him back. Of course they're going to bring him back, but they keep bringing him back. But I saw him limping in that last game too. It's like, dude, just shut him down then. Like, I don't understand what they're doing. But um, we'll see. Maybe he bounces back. He didn't play that well. Or shoot that well, I should say. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. But this might be perfect for them, too. You know, they, they don't, they're not playing Kentucky again, but they probably will in the, in the SEC championship. And this might be exactly what they need. They had that, whether it was 19 in a row or some kind of crazy number. So maybe this is exactly what they need. You know what I mean? Um, any other items you want to discuss uh, before we start previewing uh, th- this week's schedule on through Sunday? Yes, the only one I want to hit on is Providence did win the Big East, but that was due to a uh, triple overtime, um, a leaking from the ceiling, uh, beautiful basketball game. I and almost I forgot happy. about that delay. That's right. <laughs> and I was happy because I bet Providence said it. I think I – Every time I bet Providence here, they want me money. So I'm gonna, I need to buy like a like as a Providence like Friars T-shirt so I can wear it for my March Madness trip. I'll I'll rock out some Friars gear in San Diego. And they, you know, like I said, Carolina. Now I, I I think they're not gonna go as far as Providence. So I'll have a little bit of fun gear for days I don't wear my baby blue. But that was a hell of a basketball game. Um, Providence and Xavier goes into triple overtime, mind you. I believe Xavier had a chance to win at end of regulation and in the first overtime and in the second overtime, and they didn't get it done. And eventually, like, dude, the home team, like, they're probably going to pull away eventually, and they did. But, I mean, that, that game was um, – it's too bad it wasn't on Saturday because that would have fit really well with the top six teams going down. Um, but, I mean, that was – it was just – it was a super fun basketball game to watch. It had um, a little bit of dramatics and flair. Um Providence was choosing to foul in certain situations with being up top, uh, up up three right. or more with, and then you, but and then not fouling, and then they don't foul, and then right. the guy hits a, a shot at the end of the first overtime to go into uh, seconds. I mean, it was just a, a back and forth fun game. They had a leak coming through from the ceiling in the rafters in the arena because I guess there was a lot of rain the night before, and there was a dripping on the court. And so all of a sudden, like, there's three minutes to go in the game. And it was kind of funny because the Providence center, Watson, who I love that guy, it made it look like he literally broke his ankles and this guard, like, made him break his ankles and embarrassed him. But the announcers were like, man, it looks like he slipped and got burned. Well, he actually slipped on water. Uh So then they send out these, like, water crews, and they're like, oh, you know, like, it's, it's a hockey arena as well. So the announcers are saying, well, it's been a hot day outside there must be precipitation leaking through like the bottom of the arena from the hockey ice. Right. And then you see all these people on the floor who are like scrubbing. They keep pointing to the ceiling. Yeah. They and then the rest up. are kind of pointing. It's kind and of like a, a, a random before. 
I didn't yeah. realize that, but they've had this issue before, and you're like, ah, oh, okay. And it's right around, like, the elbow and the arc. So you're, like, you're watching the game right away. You're like, dude, don't go by there. Don't go by there, you know? Like, I know. No, stay away from that, you know? So, um, and then they get the talk of, well, the refs are like, well, if we can't resolve this problem, we're going to have to drive to the on-campus arena and finish the game there. And the announcers are like, I guess we'll be uh, turning on our iPads and trying to stream the game through (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that's true. Because what I just bring one camera guy. I mean, it takes a long time to set up. So that's good. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, they figured it out. Uh, Providence and uh, Nate Watson and Vitamin Durham, man. If you haven't watched that team play all year, turn them on for the biggest tournament. Watch them in March Madness. Um, I don't think they're expected to win the national title, but they are probably a top 15 team, top 10 if on a certain day. And they're just a fun, pretty bunch to watch. And it was cool because it's the first ever Big East title in their school's history. They've been around the Big East for however since it's been around. And I, one of their former head coaches went a really long way, who's passed away, but did a long came a long way in making them be part of the conference. So it was kind of just a cool omen story. And yeah, so credit to Providence, you won the Big East. Uh, I don't think many people p- picked you to do that this year. I, I, I'm sure the favorites had to have been Nova. So, credit to the Friars. I hope they make it to the Sweet 16. They're a fun team to watch. And, yeah, that was a hell of a game. And I'll, I'll say this, Chris. I think out of, like, the seven or eight Providence games I watched this year, almost every one of them was, like, a one or two possession game. So, maybe they're not the best in the world, but there's something to be said for consistently winning close games. Because, as we've seen all year, that's harder to do than a lot of people think. Yeah, and that that – that win in another win over Creighton combined with Nova losing on the road at UConn in another competitive game wasn't triple overtime crazy, but very competitive game that made it possible in general because we were kind of hyping up this last one here on Tuesday. And like I said, it's probably a pretty good, it's probably still be a good matchup. We were talking before we started recording that they need to go ahead and just rest Durham. Maybe the whole weekend. I don't know. Maybe this weekend, next week. However, because he's got that rib, and he he was trying his ass off, but he couldn't shoot that well. I know he had a fair amount of assists. I think six or seven, but six or seven in a triple overtime is as many assists as you think. I mean, it's longer than an NBA True. game at that point. So um, that's like NBA game in what two overtimes or something. But anyway, um, tonight we have Baylor, Texas. Um. Of course, like I just mentioned, tomorrow night, Providence, Nova, uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Arizona, and USC. Um, something, I don't know. Baylor beat Texas, but something tells me that Texas is going to win at home. I think Villanova will win that game because the stakes aren't as high, and they may not even have Durham. Like we said, they're a nine-point favorite. Maybe, maybe I'd take some money up with that um what do you think though with this purdue wisconsin game like i said i'm pretty sure wisconsin won purdue's a slight favorite i kind of feel like well i'll let you talk well how do you see this game playing out i feel whatever prediction i make will go the opposite so maybe i should um pick wisconsin on the show and then bet purdue (laughs) uh 
Because, yeah, Badgers only lost five games this year, but, man, if I've not been part of almost all five of those losses. Um, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Jesus. Okay, so Wisconsin's got uh, Johnny Davis, who's up for player of the year, um, and they have Davidson, who's a pretty good guard. And one of my knocks always been is I don't think their bigs are that good and their bigs are pretty soft. So, obviously, you're playing a Purdue team who's got some pretty good bigs, and they have a, a stud as well in Ivy. Um, I guess I've just seen that from what I've watched both these teams play, and I've seen obviously uh, I've seen more Wisconsin games than Purdue. Like everything tells me that Purdue would be um, a better team to win. But again, every time I pick Wisconsin or pick them to lose, or pick them to win, they always do the complete opposite. Um, I will say though, Purdue did lose at home against Wisconsin, seventy-four to sixty-nine. So again, I, shit, I, you know, I think that this is um, obviously everything's built up to play for. Um, the game is in Madison. Um, if Wisconsin does win, I think they pretty much lock up the Big Ten because they're in first now. Yep. I think that, or it sure would, yeah, so it would be a Big Ten conference title. I'm not saying that. I don't think Wisconsin would have been the favorite. I don't think this would be a shock and a surprise to the whole world if they won it. But I doubt they're the betting favorite. So, yeah, I just, man, I think it will be a close game. I think both teams have a chance to be very competitive in the tournament. Purdue, because you have two bigs and a stud guard. Wisconsin, because you potentially have the player of the year. Um, I will take Wisconsin just for a straight pick, disregarding everything I'm thinking about this year, because at home, most of the time, they're a very good team. Um, but this should be a very fun, competitive game. Um, I'll pick Wisconsin to win with the, um, I guess the Camp Randall football crowd coming over. So now I'm sure they'll lose just because I've missed this team the whole year. Um, what is your gut say, Chris? Because again, I've seen Wisconsin play. I, I think their bigs are overrated, and Davis is a stud, but he's kind of their main go-to guy. Have you seen much of Purdue? Because I, I feel like I have a much better scouting sense of Wisconsin than the the Boilermakers this year. Well, I was gonna pick Purdue. But now I'm really going to pick Purdue. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but one <laughs> thing I'll say is um, Davis went nuts in that game. 37 points, 14 boards. Um, he only took five threes, too. Got to the line 12 times, 13 to 24 shooting. And the center, who played pretty good once he got in, only played 20 minutes, Eddie. Or what is it? Eddie? 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 Um He's he he came off the bench in that game, and I kind of forgot they didn't have him 100% in the lineup in the as a starter. Um, and I totally spaced this, but he did have a big game, 24 and 10, but he only played 20 minutes. So he's now obviously right. He's in the starting lineup. You know what I mean? And so to me, and it's not like they played bad in there. It's just the combination of the center in the starting lineup and odds are he's not going to go. Davis is going to go for another 37. Um, I'm actually going to pick Purdue in the upset on that. Well, it's actually, I don't think it is an upset uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, because Purdue's two and a half point. Um, but yeah, I'm actually picking Purdue in that one. What about Arizona and USC? Do you think Nova's going to win? And also Arizona-USC. Is Arizona a little hungover 
And can USC at home protect their home court and get the dub and, and, and maybe make things interesting into the Pac-12 tourney? Yeah, I don't think uh, Providence has a whole lot to play for. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and just, like, throw it, throw in the towel. But you rest Durham. You just celebrated when your first ever Big East title. Um, I'm sure Nova wants, you know, I, I want, I, hell, I guess their motivational level. They're pretty much locked in for a two-seed, too. Um, but, yeah, I just think that they're, all the factors will tell you to lean Nova, and I think the nine points have shown that. So, yeah, I would, I would lean Nova as well. Um, and now you're asking me another team. God, I, again, I, I can't say a single great word about USC because when I watched them play, I literally turned on their game against Oregon. And I was like, oh, USC's up four. That's awesome. And then they got up ten. And I go, okay, I'll, I'll bet USC. And then Oregon goes on a 13-0 run. USC didn't score for the last four minutes and 45 seconds of the first half. I'm like, I'm turning this shit off. <laughs> so, Chris, I think I've watched six USC games this year, and I've seen literally almost nothing good happen in any six of those games. So I'm not a good USC believer. I'm, I'm going to be all in for their football team next year because, damn, we got some boys coming. But this ain't football season. So I will be taking USC to lose because whenever I watch that team play, they do absolutely nothing, and I cannot back that squad. That's fair. That is fair. And, yeah, I do think Arizona will be a little riled up, right? They'll be a little sure. like, hey, we got to get back on the good foot. Um, we're still going to win the conference, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, Arkansas, Tennessee, to me, feels like a pick game. Like, it's just like, well – Tennessee and Arkansas at home is pretty damn good, right? I would just um, take the home team. Whoever's home, take the home team for that one. And I'll say this, um, you know, Arkansas did beat them 58-48 to 48, uh, the first time around. But, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Texas, Kansas, you know, Kansas a little bit more desperate than Kansas – or than Texas a little bit more desperate than Kansas. But we got to see, you know, how all this plays out. Uh, you know, Baylor has to win tonight as well because they're right there. USC Ukula too on Saturday, and then also Sunday I mentioned uh, Iowa Illinois. I think Illinois is going to protect the home court there. They've been a little up and down, so you're just thinking home court in general. You, you, UCLA as well, and Kansas over Texas as well. Uh, to go yes along with what yes. you said about target, yeah. uh, Arkansas and Tennessee. Yeah, Arkansas, Tennessee, for for sure. What, where is that game at? Tennessee. Oh, uh, yeah. I, b- both those teams are literally unbeatable at home. So I think you both just got to take the yeah. And Tennessee, or excuse me, Arkansas just had that big win at home over Kentucky, and while well, Tennessee took care of business, uh, yeah, just take the home team confidently. And I'm sure that points for though. I bet Tennessee's only going to probably be a three to four point favorite. So yeah, that'd be a, a great betting opportunity. Now, according to ESPN's Power Index, they're they're favored eighty three percent, almost eighty four percent. So they're going to be looking at the Vegas odds like bullshit, dude, bullshit. That's bullshit. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I think you're right though. I think it's a good ass game, but I definitely would, uh, you know, protect the home. What are you know how like we'll, we'll do predictions and then someone will win during the week and you go, oh wow, or they get beat and so they're going to have to come in and they're going to be a little bit more focused. You know, focus the next game, especially if it's like a ranked team getting beat by an unranked team, and then they, 
right before you look ahead to that ranked versus ranked. You know, we you see that a lot. You know, I bring that up because one of Texas beats um, Baylor tonight. Would that give you any kind of different vibes of, hold on, you know, maybe they can do this, or is it like, well, they already won that one. There's no way they're going to go, you know, back-to-back games uh, over, you know, the top two teams along with Texas Tech in the Big 12. I think that Texas's biggest issue against really good teams this year is the fact that their offense is not the strongest part of their team. I would say most Back to the old half court, huh? <laughs> yeah, most most of your elite teams we've talked about so far today are elite due to their offense. Texas is elite due to their defense. But you know, even even elite teams in college basketball, it normally normally benefits you more to have an elite offense and like a decent defense. Normally, but Texas is built differently. They have a really good defense, but they they really have scoring droughts of just they they pound the ball into the ground too much and they just struggle to score. So I'm going to take Baylor to win. I think Baylor is the more skilled team. I think they had a nice one over KU. I think they'll be focused to get the job done. I think Baylor's just a better team. Again. Baylor's going to play decent defense, but Baylor's got an offense. So this yeah. could be maybe a low-scoring game at first, but can Texas's offense match Baylor's? I don't believe so. So that's what I'm leaning towards. Uh, and Baylor they might this get their evening. guard back that they haven't had in like a month or something like that, too. Well, now that would be huge, too, 100%, yes. This is kind of interesting how this is playing out. Now, in the NBA, this is no big deal, but – Tomorrow at TCU, they're they're not an easy uh, on the road. This is Kansas, by the way, at TCU. Um, then home on Thursday, TCU. Then home, so basically Tuesday to Saturday, three games. And obviously, we've seen some other. We were talking about. I think Providence had to, has to do that too, don't they? They got that extra game, or maybe that's Nova. Nova has the extra. Game. Nova had the extra one. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen some of this. That That's kind of interesting. You just came off a loss, and now you have three games in a short amount of nights, especially for, you know, um, college students. Uh, now, obviously, your legs can bounce back and all that, but they're, not, they're just not used to it. A lot of it's sure. mental focus. I'm not saying, oh, man, their legs are going to be done. They're going to be cooked. I mean, they're young guys. But um, that plays into it because, you know, Going through these conference races here, I mean, you know, it's coming down to it. And, and Baylor did get that big win to even out the series for the regular season. Yeah, and, you know, you do get that. Um, they'll soon be having to have their legs needed to work um, with, like, the conference tournament coming up. But even with March Madness, you're only playing twice a week. So, yeah, there is that short little stretch. Obviously, um, you know, COVID obviously caused these issues to occur. Um, but I think overall, just to kind of wrap up the Big 12 or discuss the Big 12, I would say that Texas Tech and Baylor probably are the two best teams in my thoughts of the Big 12. Um, I know Kansas is just, I mean, I guess I'm just kind of ignoring them there, but I did see them get smoked by. Kentucky, and um, they did just lose recently to Baylor. And may, may, this could just be, again, games I choose to watch, because as much as we love college basketball, it's, it's almost impossible to watch every single team play. But it seems like I've seen the brighter sides of Texas Tech and Baylor, although they're not the same team. Yep. 
That's a great point. Although they're not the same team as last year, I feel like they're getting their mojo together pretty quickly. And if they get that guard back who you've been mentioning, I just think Baylor and Texas Tech are the two best teams in the Big 12. Kansas is right behind them. And after that, I don't – Texas – I think Texas may like is like a B-level team, and the other ones are all A's. I think that's a fair way to assume just because they're offensive issues. And anyone else on the bubble in the Big Ten or sorry, the Big 12, I just don't see them being a big factor. You know, yet somehow Iowa State, who uh, two weeks ago was 3-9, and nine, dead last in the conference, has won three in a row, and is now on the bubble. I don't know I don't know how that's possible, but they are. So Iowa State could make the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I think I would say Texas Tech and Baylor are the top two teams in the Big 12 for me this year. Would you agree with that uh, sentiment, my friend? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Definitely. Um, and as far as the Big Ten goes, um, Illinois lost to Purdue twice, so they're not in the running there. So it, it basically it does look like, the major, major thing will be that game tomorrow night. Um, now, you know, if they tie, then what? You know, I wonder, what will it be a split, you know? Because I think that they have, let me see. So Purdue plays, um, Purdue has Indiana at home. Um, so in Wisconsin, after the Purdue game, has uh has Nebraska at home. So it's going to come down to that. And you never know, we may have a tie because, you know, Wisconsin already beat them once. Um, you know, I guess it's it's hey, Wisconsin at home, dude. Like and you beat them on the road now. I I, I picked them, <laughs> right? But that's kind of interesting to me. And then, you know, it is kind of interesting to see USC, you know, Arizona in Ugala down the stretch. That's kind of interesting. Um, looks like the SEC still is Auburn. Look at the SEC now all of a sudden, though. Um, Auburn, 13-3. and Then you have the – much like we had in the Big Ten with those four losses, four losses, 12-4, 12-4, They're all one game behind Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Um, and then Alabama – just slipped in there. They're back like, hey, remember us? We're here. We actually have a quality win, or we have more than just one quality win. Now all of a sudden where it looked like it was kind of like uh, Auburn and Kentucky and the rest, now all of a sudden we got five teams again in the SEC closing this year. I think the SEC, um, if I wasn't biased towards the Big East, because I am, I would say the SEC, I think, will be the most fun conference tournament to watch this year. Just because I, I think that those five teams have really all done a great job of defending their home court this year and beating, all, beating up each other up. And when you're at a neutral venue, which I think normally it's in Nashville, and I know Kentucky has always the biggest crowd there, that should, I think that would be the most fun conference tournament to watch. Just if you were not a fan of any given team. Um, because I think on a given night, almost all of those, especially those top four teams, can all beat each other. I think that Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee can really all contend against each other. 
Now, if Kentucky's fully healthy, different story, but it seems like they can't get fully healthy at all until maybe, maybe Coach Cal's just waiting for that first week or third week of March to have the boys ready. But Take I think that would be great. Out. I saw him limping, dude. Why do, why do you keep bringing him back? It's an ankle sprain, dude. That's like I, your number one thing you got to rest when it comes to basketball, dude. Like, I know. What are we doing here, folks? And um, for Bubble. Um, I would say, I guess, LSU, Florida, they're maybe sitting on, like, the very far outside of the bubble. Uh, I wouldn't say it's impossible for them, but they definitely need a, a maybe, like, I think if, if LSU or Florida were to win two games in the SEC tournament, then they could maybe, like, sneak their way in. Or if, if yeah, two or three, they they maybe could have a, a good chance. I see just from looking at Lenardi, uh, he has Florida as next four out. And uh, so I'm guessing he must have LSU in then because I don't think LSU would be under them. But, yeah, so uh, for Bubble Watch, um, LSU is um, – I don't – oh, well, LSU is a six seed? What the – really? What – Chris, what has LSU done this year? In the last month and a half, to be a six? Wow. You're two – okay, we, we do this about a lot of teams. But, like, LSU is a uh, – hmm. Okay, I guess, I guess you're – dude, if you're a six, you must not be on the bubble. But I mean, I'm pretty and, sure – I've been following it for a while. I could Google something, but I'm pretty sure if huh. you're a six, that you're – that is, you're in pretty well. Jesus. We're not talking NIT, so, right? You're not looking at NIT. No. I literally, the, yes, the bracketology, they got Lenardi, they're a 60. Damn. Okay, well. Okay, so let's see here. They beat, well, they got that big win over Penn State. Uh, no, at Wake Forest this year, you know, it had been better okay. football, but still that's something. Uh, sure. They did beat Kentucky. Um, They beat Tennessee. Lost three in a row. Don't think they've beaten a ranked team since. Yeah, so that got them in. You got you beat Kentucky or a sixty. It's fun. And then you lost that Kentucky. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying the split's like ridiculous, but huh? And I, I'd All like right, well. to go check that game too to see who was playing. You never know. Gee, I mean, yeah, that's they surprising. literally in, in conference play. They went. Uh, they went for a stretch of going one and six. What's their conference record? Eight and eight. But they literally they they beat Tennessee, won at Florida, then lost versus Arkansas, lost to Bama, lost to Tennessee. You beat Texas A and M, big deal in a close game. Then lost to TCU, lost to Old Miss, lost to Vandy. You lost six out of seven games in your conference. Well, I guess there was the the SEC Big Twelve title. But you lose six out of seven games, and you lost your last two out of three, and you're a six seed. Like, I, dude, I, uh, wow, I don't know that. Yeah, they me, got Chris, that one's yeah, that's, huh. I guess it's just those quality losses, dude. If you lose enough quality teams, you know. And and Iowa State, I know I talked about them a little bit ago. They were they were three and nine two weeks ago. They're they're a seven seed. The, the, you you were you were three and nine in your conference. We got some East Coast, Midwest, Southern East biased here. Jesus, I don't. I, say. I 
I, the, it, the, the, the seed, and I even heard that Michigan State's have been a six seed. And they've not, they, they've lost, they, Michigan State last week lost two games by a combined like 65 points. So, dude, I don't, I don't know, Lenardi, dude, I think Lenardi's feeling the effects of COVID. The man's had a good run. He, he's like man? one year, he's like, guys, it, it's been a good run. I, I need, I need one year of just being a little mentally worn out. Cause something, and again, that guy does it as good as anyone in the whole job. So I'm joking, but a lot of times, like, I'll agree, like, okay, these seeds make sense, but man, a lot of these teams who are near the bottom of their conference for being a bubble consideration, you're a six and seven seed. Like, damn, like, I maybe the, maybe so the, the SEC, it's the SEC in the Big Ten is what, is what he's telling me because, uh, they, I, I they, guess. uh, their best, now, once again, it's quality losses, right? They lost to sure. Kansas and lost to Baylor in their non-conference. They did beat UConn, which is a good, solid win. We saw them just mm-hmm. beat Purdue. They beat Wisconsin. They have them. So I guess they're just – I mean, you're right, dude. They got housed at Rutgers, dude, like housed. Yeah. So, um, in housed, I mean, Iowa's been on the up and up of late, but they got – sure. You know, by 26 points. That's hard to do in college basketball. They only play 40 minutes. Um, Wow, yeah, that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how that all bears out. Uh, But I think it's just the quality losses, dude. (laughs) It's just, hey, man, a lot of teams, man, quality losses. You know, it's just. Well, all right, this is the last part. I know we have to keep going to wrap this up. But, okay, so right now, Lenardi also has Arkansas as a six seed, but Arkansas has won their last 11 out of 12 games or 10 out of 11 games. Like, and your one loss was at Bama by one. So you've been literally whooping up in conference and you're a six seed and LSU lost six out of seven games in conference. They're the same seed as you. I just, and you beat and you won at LSU. Like, dude, that, that, and you're sharing the same, I got nothing. Any, they I'll, lost I'll, to we'll, Oklahoma. They got their ass kicked by Oklahoma in December. Um, when is their first, and we're not, I'm not trying to take away anything from this. Oh, sure. Because they've been playing good, great of late. But it's been I mean, since February 8th is when they've been playing great, though, when they beat Auburn. You know? So they beat I, Kentucky, I, beat Tennessee. Golly. That, that, huh. Well, I, I mean, I guess that's proven our point, though. It's like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in this one? This is, this is going to be 2020 vibes, dude. We may have the 2020 reincarnation. And it's, it's right there, like, hey, sorry, the the basketball gods said, hey, are bad, even though it's a really not their bad. But you know what I mean? Like, hey, that sucks. We'll make up for it in the 2022 season. Just, just wait a second. You'll have to sit through Baylor and uh, Gonzaga season. But other than that, and watch yeah. a blowout. Watch Baylor just smack Gonzaga around. Hey, one yeah. more question. Sure. Do you think in the last decade, I know I've talked about this a little bit, but if a decade ago, because Gonzaga, like late 90s, 99, you know, that, that's when they started really picking up, right? And they've been bombed since. But in the, if they, if they, a decade ago, had moved to the Pac-12 or the Big 12, do you think they would have won a, a national championship by then? Because that week in and week out, now maybe they definitely wouldn't have as many number one seeds or number two seeds as they had, right? Sure. You know that. 
But would that would that constant pressure on you be better for you overall? And maybe, just maybe, it's really hard to say about the, you know, any kind of like uh, recruiting, especially the last five years. They they've killed recruiting the last five years. So I wouldn't say that they take a maybe they'd have better depth. Uh, you know, one to fifteen. I guess you could make an argument yeah. that, but but otherwise they've gotten plenty of talent. But do you think that maybe that would be a difference that that they didn't win a a natty yet? I I mean, if we're talking about just being battle tested, you you would that I think that's a pretty fair point. If you're in there in the Pac-12, I mean, hell, I mean they could have won the Pac-12 for a handful of stretches there too. Yeah. But yeah, I, no, I I do think there's something to be said for that though to have kind of a you relatively have a cake walk went to the Elite Eight a couple times made it to the Final Four a couple you know that one time against Wisconsin like it has to do something it'd be better than their scenario right now is my point I guess yeah and you also might get a couple of more more talented kids I mean I'm not saying they're they're like you said they're creating something bad but you maybe get a couple Just that more. Notch. You yeah, know. a notch up, which, yeah, and again, you're more tournament tested and battle proven instead of being a a 17 point favorite almost every game in your conference at home for the year. You're now you're a two or three point favorite or a dog on the road. It makes it more, uh, yeah, you're more tournament tested. I I think that is a very fair point. Yeah, it would be probably better for them overall, big picture. All right. Um... Well, I think it's time. It's that time, sir. It is that All right, time. Well, Let's talk about right, it. We, I uh, like, you know, we're, I like this. This is great. I'm we, so we glad stayed undefeated. this. This we, has been the best. The... I want to give credit to my co-host here. I've been dogging him a lot about this thing, but, you know, it was a great idea to bring in the crafty, crappy pick of the week <laughs> to the college basketball because, man, we, we've been killing it. We're, we're undefeated. Um, I don't care what the spread was. The blue hoses, the blue hose, they won by 20 <laughs> points last week. They won by 20. I guarantee they were not a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. So the the boys moved to 5-0 and on the year um, with the crafty, crappy pick of the week for college basketball and now college football. I believe we officially moved to... I want to say 17 and 4 on the year because I'm pretty sure we were 12 and 4 in college football. So 17 and 4 on the year for crafty, crappy pick of the week. That that's boy in, in Vegas. If you hit 60 percent of your bets, you're seen as a genius. I don't think we were 12 and 4. We couldn't have been or, 12 and 4. No, 10, it's 10 and 4. We're or, yeah. uh, okay. That's 7 and 4. Eight, we're we're in that uh, maybe 9. Well, there's and four. 14 weeks. Okay. Isn't there 14 weeks because oh. you have 12 games and there's they, two. Uh, extra eight, weeks, I think. Eight, eight and four. I, I think we were eight and eight and four. Eight, it's nine and four. Yeah, I think we did. Okay, we're we're around eight and four. But uh, good. Thir- thirteen and four in the year, something like that. We have four losses and anywhere from eleven to thirteen wins. So well, we're having so a great much, year. It's hard to keep track, dude. We're we're gonna need a calculator here. I know. I know. We, we we've only had four losses. And I believe we've picked seventeen games. So we're but looking around thirteen and four. Uh, in college basketball, though, undefeated. We've not lost yet. So. And after right. that, you might as well just chalk up an L this week. Okay, then go ahead. <laughs> All right. So Where we're we going, we're, we're, we're taking, it's not, it's not a Wednesday. We're doing a Tuesday night when, when Tuesday the, 
Tuesday night. When the calendar okay. flips to March, we're going we're going to Maction, baby. Maction. Uh tomorrow night, ESPN plus, six PM tip, we have a Michigan throwdown bash. Okay. We have Western Michigan Broncos trotting across the state to the Eastern Michigan Eagles. The Broncos gallop into Eastern Michigan with a 3-15 conference record, and the Eagles have some some wounded wings that are 5-13 in conference. They ain't doing much better. Um, this game is at the Convocation Center, so maybe that is, I, I, I guess it's just a rec center they use for business meetings and um you know, by the way, they play games there. <laughs> I I, th- I think it's the, the Ypsilanti Center. I think Ypsilanti uh, is in Eastern Michigan. Um, okay. And at Vegas already made them. Eastern Michigan's a four and a half point uh, favorite. So we have the Broncos, um, you know, walking into the Ypsilanti Convocation Center. Not exactly a great name. Uh, Chris, take it away. As we enjoy this Maction throwdown. Sadly, it's not Maction football. We're going to get like a 42 to 52 game where no one punts. We have a, a Maction throwdown in a basketball game. What does your gut say on this one, brother, in the Michigan inner Civil War battle? Well, they both challenged themselves to an extent in the non conference. They uh, Western Michigan, the Broncos, played uh, Notre Dame. They played Iowa. They played Michigan State. They got housed in all of them, but they did challenge it. Okay, that you got to give them some credit there. Now, Eastern Michigan in Fleck isn't there anymore, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, PJ Fleck's not in Western Michigan anymore. Now, same Michigan State game, same ass whooping. Um, however, I do see an Indiana game. Okay, first game of the year, fresh start for the Eagles. 68-62 they lost that game. That's pretty freaking close. Right? That's close. So, um, this is still a bad matchup. What you say? Four and a half points? It's still a bad matchup. Still the teams that give up both 76 points and neither of them score 70. Both not shooting that well. They're garbage teams. But I'm going with the home team. I just think that the eagle can just soar away from the bronco. The bronco's on ground, so there's not much they can do. So I got the Eastern Michigan Eagles. I'm taking the favorite again. Okay, so I mean, you know that that the run the the run of luck is. I'm getting a little shaky here, and it's only seven dollars to attend to that to that center. So yeah, I'm going with the home squad. Much like we we're talking about home squad. When it came to those big games on Saturday, we're going home squad. So in college football, I always did the alumni battle just for fun, comparing to great people who've gone to both the schools. Just for fun tonight, I looked up best ever Western Michigan basketball players. Chris, I went through like about 25 names. I recognize a single one for Western Michigan. <laughs> and for um, Eastern Michigan, I do recognize Earl Boykins just because I know he was like a really short, short oh, yeah. point guard in the NBA. Um, he played a long time too. Oh yeah, yeah. He had a good career with. Uh, looks like well, he's in the Milwaukee there. I know he was a Nugget for quite a while, so Nugget and a buck. But oh boy, that's that's it. So not a whole lot of uh, there's not a lot of jerseys hanging up in the rafters of those schools. But you know what? 
It's going to be a great one. We look to move to stay undefeated. Um, and yeah, honestly, I love doing this show and I hope people who are listening or, you know, enjoying the show to take a break from the world news right now. Obviously, that is a much more important factor than college basketball, but there's only so much that you can listen to, but until you start to just think too much craziness. So hopefully the world comes together and is peaceful because that March Madness is so close to, um, we're three and a half weeks away from enjoying some of the best time of the year. And hopefully the national news can be Three more peaceful. Three and a half weeks we can, away from a championship, or, or what, what are we talking about? Or well, th- yeah, about three and a half, uh, three weeks away from um, when March Madness begins. Oh, okay, the Thursday. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. For the, for the well, first, the first week. So, I mean, yeah. I, I look at March Madness for me starts next week, baby. I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Smoking. Well, I'm I'm, I'm counting down. Uh, on it's like two and a half. It's it's two weeks because they start Tuesday. That starts Thursday, so it's two. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, fifteen days until I'm in San Diego on a beach, thinking Ooh, about my my brackets. So yeah. Until then, uh, stay safe, stay warm, uh, wear a mask, and don't watch too much news because, like I said, it, it gets you down. So until then, thanks for the support. We enjoy listening, and I need Carolina here to hit a walk off shot with fifteen seconds to go against Syracuse down one. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are out tonight. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.